here's Johnny. I'll be back. And you will know my name is the Lord. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. We're ready to go. We're, 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 we're warmed up now for the episode. I have to defend Mike saying, what if we just killed all of the Trekkies? <laughs> just wipe the slate clean so that supernatural fans can take over the world. Yes, they the can lead the charge. That's good. Mike Thanos over here. Manos? Just snapping his fingers and wiping out half the star fandoms. <laughs> just call me Manos. Mike like Thanos. Mike, can you call yourself Mike Thanos, like, in meetings and shit? I would like to, <laughs> Mike yeah. Thanos, Mike Thanos. You have to call me that from now on. I'm Mike Thanos. <laughs> like, anytime we go into a conference call or anything. Why is he snapping his fingers? Uh, he's either trying to exterminate half of the star fandoms, or he's really into jazz. Uh, there, there is totally going to be some douchebag parents in the next few years that are going to name their kids Thanos. I have to say, if my kid came out horribly deformed, I would name him Thanos. <laughs> you're, you're not going to say the classic Quasimodo? This is my son, Elephant Mike. I would want to see, is the kid going to end up being like Thanos? Are you trying to push them into evil? What, what was the deformed guy's name in 300? Oh, he had a complicated name. Uh, it was a very Greek name. Yeah. He, he will always be mother, father to me. <laughs> Mike, if your child is very deformed, can you name them mother, father, and then raise them by a goat path? <laughs> and be wrong. Please, for us, could you do this one small favor? See, this is why we should bring back Spartan rules for uh, child rearing. Not the pedophilia, just the throwing them out. Just the hucking babies into mountains of corpses. Hucking babies. Just hucking babies. Anyway, monster crime. Monster crime. Is everyone ready for monster crime? Sure. Okay. Let's do this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, madness, moxie, and tonight, the question of mens rea and monsters. I'm your host, Cody. Joining me today are my co-host, Mike. Say hello, Mike. I support the idea that the Wolfman has narts. Fair enough. And my other co-host, Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. The Phantom of the Opera was right. Like about his fashion choices or just like his morality? Well, or just the about the thing. talent of Christine. Oh. Gotcha. oh. We stand the Phantom on this podcast. We stand. <laughs> I don't like you speaking for me on the Phantom. I don't have set opinions about the Phantom, but I How don't do you like not have set opinions on the Phantom. I He's the Phantom. Have set opinions about the Phantom. He. I understand if you don't support Claude Rains' Phantom, because I mean, who fucking would? But like, you have the Owl Man, the original Phantom of the Opera. You had the Phantom of the Paradise. You have Robert England. You have no, fucking the Phantom Hammer of the Paradise Phantom. Is not the Phantom of the Opera. That's a different dude. Jamie, back me up. <sighs> Look, I, I, I'm just horrified that you're a phantom centrist. We don't like your kind <laughs> on this podcast. I was about to say, right now when I look at politics, I get very mad when people are like, well, I'm undecided between voting for Trump or a Democrat. I'm like, you idiot, pay attention to the world. <laughs> but I find myself in that position when it comes to saying anything about the phantom. Like, What's wrong with right. the phantom? He's all right. Nothing, nothing wrong. His death was one last joke. Why would, very... exactly, why would you not support the phantom? I don't know. He seems preachy. He kidnaps people, and he's like, he's very expecting, like, hey, you better sing for me. I protected you. He's like, I don't know, man. Wait, you just don't she like being called me. a goddamn angel of music? That seems a little presumptuous, isn't it? Like, what a title. He Ugh. believes in you. He wants betterment for you. He's the, the Phantom is putting me on a pedestal, and it's not a realistic way or a healthy way to have a relationship. You have to realize I'm a human being with flaws. He's a corpse man. I'll be your Christine Phantom. Let, don't worry about what Cody has to say. Hey, you're, the, you're the kind of people who would fucking tease Eric whenever he was just a little corpse boy running around. No, no, I didn't say I had a problem necessarily with It him. sounds like you have a problem. You're putting words in my mouth. I like this. We're mad at each other all the <laughs> Goddamn Cody just going Michael cry. Richards on the Phantom. I... <laughs> I have a whole intro we need to get to before we talk about the Phantom and my opinions. <laughs> so, for the record, the Phantom of the Paradise was only guilty of being narcissistic. I consider the Phantom of the Paradise a different man, and so I will agree. The Phantom of the Paradise got the raw deal. They stole his music. Yeah, and his voice. Although he got a cool robot voice, so... Yeah. 
It's like a good cool trade. Too. Yeah, it's like an upgrade kind of deal. Like it's like Cody getting to be Quizmotron off. all the time. What a life. Oof. Back to my prepared intro. Let me let me get through my prepared statement here. One thing that always bothers me in horror films, besides the Phantom of the Opera, and I'll, I'll freely admit it's a dumb thing to be distracted by this, but I can't help what I can't help, is, is the unspoken implied aftermath of any horror movie. We'd like to think everyone went home and had a happily ever after once they got home from the burning, but what's the reality there? It's like best case scenario, years of therapy. More likely, lots of legal fights, like lots of them. You can't tell me there was no criminal investigation after the events of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I refuse to believe that. It's, it's partly why I love The Autopsy of Jane Doe so much. That movie is essentially the postscript of another unfilmed horror movie. Our protagonists are given a corpse and details of a crime scene and are told to figure things out. This leads to a whole other bad situation, but it's just fascinating to see an entire film centered around the fallout from an unseen film. Like, we don't get flashbacks of the inciting incident. This just becomes another string in a seemingly unending cycle, which I think fairly describes our legal system. And this is also why I think Hot Fuzz is so brilliant. At the end of that film, after all the shootouts and chases are over, we come back to see our heroes are stuck filling out just a gigantic amount of paperwork. All of them are just sitting there filling out papers. Considering the town leaders all banded together to form a murderous conspiracy, just to prove the town's value to outsiders, it's it's kind of the next logical step that there would be copious documentation in the cleanup phase. And I love that the movie went to the trouble of showing us that. Yeah, it's a joke, but it has to be there. We all know it's there in the back of every bad boys. There has to be just tons of people with pens writing down all the shit that was destroyed. Paperwork and ice cream. Just tons of it. Anyways, this is all a long-winded way to say, hey, what if horror movies have given us the wrong impression about what happens when the credits roll? Some heroes are going to jail, proven to be villains by attorneys and courts of law. Some of them are going to be found guilty in civil cases and be bankrupted. And, and just some of these monsters out there, probably free as bluebirds, probably ruled totally, totally innocent of all charges of being monsters, actually. And it's those other people that went into their castle and staked them through the heart that are the real villains. Oh, kooky space kook is a United States senator right now. I believe it. I also believe he is half the senators. Anyways, in the monster justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The people who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. And I'm Cody. out of written words. Cody, that was beautiful. I just want to Thank say you. one thing. Big boy did it. <laughs> That's all Mike wanted to say on this episode. He wanted to harass me about my fan of the opera opinions and just let us know that fact. <laughs> What would the Phantom even be, like, accused of, honestly? Spookiness? Spookiness giving the gift of music to the world? He's just an aggressive manager at the end of the day. <laughs> what? Okay, which version of the Phantom are we going with? Because I feel like some Phantoms full-out kidnap people. Well, I mean, Gerard Butler Phantom didn't murder anybody. Didn't he? I thought he hung that one person. He deserved it. Yeah, they, that, <laughs> no, that was no, Hitler. No. That was Hitler. Oh, well, in <laughs> a court of law, it doesn't matter. You can't go up and say that was Hitler. I, I a time court of law, like a future baby's there? This is monster law, Mike. We don't consider time travel. Unless it's in the Bermuda Triangle. What happened? Okay, hold, hold on. I have a, a, an offshoot thought here I need to work okay. out. What if you're in the movie Pyramid and you're in... Pyramid? Triangle? Triangle. I'm already getting my movies mixed up. Let's Hypercube. say you're in a movie set in Hypercube. <laughs> you're just the, the subject of a science experiment. Uh, let's say you're in the Bermuda Triangle, and you have your time go all fucked up, and you end up murdering yourself. But a past version of you, or maybe a future version of you. I don't know how the timeline plays out in this particular scenario. Can you go to jail for murdering a version of yourself? Mm. Is, there, is, that, is that a crime? Isn't that just self-abortion? Is that a crime? See, we're going back I, into sci-fi territory here. Yeah, well, I'm curious. I just want to know opinions here. None of us are legal scholars. I have no law training, which you is... Speak for yourself. Very obvious. Mike, do you know bird law? I know a lot about insect politics. Yeah, well, that probably makes you the closest law expert we have. So I just want to say, for the record, if you kill yourself in the past, technically you gave consent. So I think legally you were in the clear. <laughs> that is very true, yeah. That's assisted suicide at that point. Well, that's only legal in certain states. Like, what, Oregon, you can get away with it? 
Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle is in Oregon. You it is not. Place. I have checked a map. Is any part of the Bermuda Triangle in international waters? Oh. Ooh, I actually, I have to Google that. Well, we're off to a dumb start. This is an important question about who I can murder in the Bermuda Triangle and when. I assume you can murder anybody in the Bermuda Triangle. It's a good place to cover up a murder. I mean, I know the laws of space and time are, mean nothing in there. Oh, God, that, that raises the question. If the ghost pirates from the fog murder you on international waters, are they in the right? That is technically what, their turf. In the right is probably the wrong way to say it. They don't own the international waters, but I mean, legally speaking, right. I think Against they could get laws, away with but, 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 even though they're dead, technically they're still committing piracy. Ooh, mm. that is true. Well, no, if they're employed by the state, then they're buccaneers and it's fine. But I don't think that was the case. They're not, so they're not, they're, they're not employed by the state, though. They, they were just basically shipping around people with leprosy, if I remember right. Like, they weren't even pirates in the first place. They were, they were just sick people. That is true, yeah. They were just... Oh, yeah, they were townspeople. Yeah, they're they were just, just like refugees. Yeah. There's a fog that made them spooky. <laughs> well, wow. that counts for anyone. God, the founders of Antonio Bay were fucking pieces of shit. Well, we knew that from the movie. I forget sometimes. There's a lot I, of I'm... stuff going on in the fog, man. They All look right, like wait, pirates. It... it throws me off. They have <laughs> hooks and shit. Oh, what? Any buccaneer is suddenly a pirate in your mind? Yeah. That's I mean, what Scooby-Doo taught me. It's, it's really hard. Okay, someone at home listening to this episode, I'm, I'm a, a marineering idiot, and you're going to have to explain to us. Marineering. I don't even know if that's the right term that's for... That's not. That's uh, just a made-up word. You just... <laughs> I think you're trying to say marinara. Marinara. Oh, I, I love uh, mozzarella sticks and marinara. That's good stuff. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a triangle. And I can't tell if it actually hits international waters. Uh, like, it's real big. I'm looking at a picture right now of the Bermuda Triangle. It's gigantic, but I, I don't know where international waters actually start. So, someone who knows water and the ocean, please write into our show and tell me I'm a big fucking idiot who doesn't know how these things work. Well, it's and then not... explain it to me in terms that a, a little child would understand. So I understand. Use it. baby talk, please. Condescending as fuck. Do it that way. It's the like only you're way I'll talking get it. to a little kitty. Just a little baby boy on the ocean. <laughs> okay. Uh, a question not having to do with the Bermuda Triangle, though. This is something yes, that I've been thinking about God. since we, uh, which we planned this. Could a defense attorney argue that Jigsaw did not murder anyone? You don't have a lot of people saying that. Like, he's not actually stabbing you with a razor blade or dumping liquid nitrogen on Could you. Could it be argued that all those murders are accidents? The problem I have with this theory is so many of the traps that people are put in are timed ones. Like, hey, if you don't <sighs> move true. quick enough, this thing's going to rip your arms off. Like, yeah, Jigsaw puts you into a trap where you would die. Uh, that That's, that's murder. Um... Then you could argue, though, that most of this is Costas Mongoler's fault. Like, that guy set up the evil traps. Which, yeah, I mean, I say that about most things in life. I think you could get Jigsaw sentence reduced to manslaughter. Sure. Uh, it's tough, because the intention there is for someone to possibly die. He's putting you in a bad spot. It's not accidental. There, there's an intention there of possible crime. I feel like with the trap that Carrie Elway and Leigh Whannell were in in the first film, the only thing Jigsaw could be convicted of is kidnapping. Yeah. Wait, we should think of this a different way. In the first Saw, Jigsaw has essentially created a really shitty escape room. <laughs> we shouldn't be looking at this as a case of murder, but some form of OSHA violation, right? Like, he, he set up a game show that is clearly poorly managed. He didn't charge anybody, though. He didn't charge anybody But no for one it. signed a waiver. I don't know. When Nell was technically employed by Jigsaw, that's true. There's yeah, clause there. Like, he's he a contracted employee of Jigsaw. <laughs> I'm terrified that this means that you guys are okay with the idea of your bosses just putting you in murder houses. <laughs> I mean, it's not that big of a stretch. Also, Elway would not have pressed charges because he later became Jigsaw. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I think Tobin Bell's in the clear there. No, 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 hold up. Plus, he's got the he sympathy became, vote. He, he became, has cancer, Cody. God damn it, he became an apprentice. But you're saying in a court of law where he could give up Jigsaw as part of a plea deal, he would not immediately do that? 
You ever looked at Carrie Elle's character and went, hmm, he would never squeal. I feel like he's a true believer at that point, after he's lost the foot. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone all the way with Jigsaw. Wait, wait. All the bad parts of Carrie Elle's character were located <laughs> in the foot? Yeah. That's the adulterous part. Don't you know that? <laughs> Baby, I changed. I got rid of that evil foot. I this just is got the worst. This stump. This is the worst version of body parts ever. Just, you know, the foot was evil, the rest of the man was fine. Twas the foot, that to get it. <laughs> I think this has been a big question, though, overall. Like, how guilty is Jigsaw? And he's obviously had accomplices. They're, they they have to be guilty for some of the stuff. He's definitely guilty for kidnapping, because like, he just knocks Gordon out and he wakes up in that room. Amanda's the only one who directly killed anybody. Actually, that's true. He was bedridden, so, so you know, Kramer didn't actually do the kidnappings himself. It was always an apprentice. However, I... to jump back here, let's look at the Manson murders. I was about to say, like, he's got the Manson defense. Whoa, 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 I just talked some shit. Yeah, like, come on, how much, how many people did Manson actually murder? I believe the number is zero. I've done no research, I'm just saying things. Pretty sure he was just indicted on, you know, the, the whole conspiracy portion of it, right? Yeah. He shot a dude who survived. Hmm. Very close to Jigsaw uh, slitting the throat of Danny Glover, and Danny Glover survived. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, because in the video games they revealed he lived and got put into a different trap, right? Who, Danny Glover? How did, how did Glover die in the video games? He died in the movie. Yeah, he's shot in the face. Oh, no, no, his partner is shot in the face. I think he's just, like, stabbed or something yeah. by just racking my fucking brain to remember. Well, he's slit, he slit his throat slit by Jigsaw, but then I think right. Emerson kills him? I think so. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You people have Everybody never seen a Saw movie, It's have been you? a while, man. Everybody <laughs> shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> this episode's off the goddamn rails. Google, how did Danny Glover die in Saw? I was really hoping it was going to read this out. Oh. I have the video game wiki up, so when you're done, I'm ready to... <laughs> Why are you looking at the video story? game and not the movie? It was no, ruled no, canon, no. and it's all about Tap. Detective Tap lived. Burdened by Melissa's death, Tap becomes insane and is left in a functional asylum where he still believes he is playing Jigsaw's games. Glover lives! Okay, so how did he die in the game? In the video game Saw 2009, Tap is healed by Jigsaw after being shot in the chest during the first Saw film. He's brought to the abandoned Whitehurst Asylum where he's placed in the reverse bear trap Amanda Young was in. There is a lot of description here, so I'm going to jump forward several hours. Uh, he was sorry. healed by Jigsaw? Does he have magic? Healed by Jigsaw, just to, just to put him in there. Let's pour his cancer into him. <laughs> uh, Burdened by Melissa's death, I don't remember who Melissa is, Tap becomes insane and is left in a functional asylum. Okay, I think that's what Jamie was saying. Yeah. Believes he's playing Jigsaw's games. It's unknown if he ever recovered from his obsession. The game sequel stated that Tap escaped from Whitehurst and killed himself. <laughs> that's so okay. anticlimactic. So, in Saw 2, Flesh and Blood, Tap's dead. He killed himself. It's, it's a very much a Final Destination 2 ending where they just didn't want to bring Danny Glover's character back, I guess. Well, okay, then. We got to the bottom of that. <laughs> One mystery down. I, I Dead. Will, I will say, everyone in Saw 2 fucking killed themselves. Yeah, that they is none of that's on Jigsaw. Anything. Like, I just imagine Jigsaw walking in like, I left two people alone for five minutes! Come like, on, Billy, the... we're leaving! And Billy, like, just, is on the little shrike next to him. The... It's just Donald Glover walking in with pizza. Yes, I was about to say, there's a living version of that gift. Like, it's that scene from Community of Donald Glover walking in and just seeing the house on fire and dropping the pizza. I just wanted to scare you so you cherish your life. It turns out Jigsaw was just a prankster who ran the wrong place at the wrong time. Just he actually didn't even put that pit guy. of needles in there. That was just in that house. He didn't know it. They were just in Jersey. Newark. Going off of that, though, that's like the premise for half of the slasher films in the 80s. Like, uh, someone got bullied and then maybe accidentally murdered or accidentally murdered someone for being their bully. And then the whole movie unspools from that. And, uh, ah, boy, there, there's, there's a lot of questionable actions happening. 
I feel like more people need to go to jail that are technically are like heroes in horror films. Pretty much everyone from I Saw What You Did needs to go to jail. Or I Know What You Did Last Summer. They need to go oh, to jail. Oh, yeah. Hey, technically, Freddy was exonerated. <laughs> and if the Ashley Judd film, Double Jeopardy, has taught me anything, he's legally allowed to kill all those kids. <laughs> Can't get charged twice. Might as well kill him. That, that is... Freddy like, raises an interesting point, though. Can you legally prove that he's done anything? Like, if it's in a dream, like, you can make the argument that all of those kids just freaked the fuck out and killed themselves. Actually, I it... think you can actually go one step further into stupid territory here. Oh, please do. Um, which is our fucking brand here on Box Office Pulp. Let's say the court 100% believes Freddy killed these kids in their dreams. But it cannot, because he's a dream demon, it cannot be conclusively oh, proven that demon. Freddy Krueger exists. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend is in fact a myth. Well, yeah, he's he's been dead. It'd be very hard to prove a dead man killed people. He has dream diplomatic immunity. It's different than he, if he was just a ghost or a specter or a ghoul or something, or a poltergeist. He is a dream creation so technically it's like fucking um it's it's like he exists and doesn't exist at the same time so you can't actually charge him with anything i mean yeah what are you gonna do i find this ghost guilty he lives in the dream world it's a different like you don't have jurisdiction also to go back a second mike you mentioned ghouls do you think adam driver is responsible for the repopulating of that word in the current lexicon like are people saying ghouls, ghouls. because adam driver said it so perfectly yes that's that, what I think. Because I've been hearing I'm glad to see Ghoul is making a comeback, and I want to thank Adam Driver for that. It's a good fucking word. Jim Jarmusch, you done good. Ghouls. I would fucking love to see Freddy Krueger, like, like they, they bring in a necromancer or something to have him appear. Like, they get the fucking skeleton from Dream Warriors on his <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but instead of pissing on it. He just has to say, look, bitches. I am not responsible for what you people dream about me. <laughs> I think he's got a leg to stand on there. That is that like logic of like head. of you like uh, sleeping with another woman while you're dreaming. It's like, hey, I didn't technically cheat on you. It was in a dream. Yeah, but people still get mad at you for stuff you do in dreams. Yeah, which isn't fair, I'm sure people are mad at Freddy for murdering their children. But Probably. that does not mean the law has a place in this house, Cody. <laughs> One thing I want to segue into here, does anyone else find it weird how many aborted horror sequels have focused on, like, courtroom drama? <laughs> the, the, the Freddy versus Jason we almost got? Like, like there's a Chop, Freddy versus top. Jason where there's court of law. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, the, the Behind the Mask 2 that was going to be, like, based around a trial. It seems like every sequel that gets thrown out starts off with them going, what if we put our slasher in the courtroom? I think before I going, that's why. a bad idea. I think every single horror screenwriter wants to do Ted Bundy's trial, but with a slasher. Like, that's everyone's dream project. No one has really gotten there, have they? Can you guys think of any, like, horror movie where a decent chunk of it is set in, like, a courtroom? No. No. A lot of people have thought about it, but no one is actually committed we, uh, to it. I mean, bit. if only we saw Horace Pinker's trial and Shocker, but we only <laughs> right? saw the aftermath. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing, though. Technically, the only slasher, I think, who's really gone through the legal system is Michael Myers. Yeah. Several times, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, the different chronologies here. Uh, with Halloween 2, place blows up. He's not dead. So they, they have to take him and process him, even though he's in a coma. How does that work? Because he can't actually plead anything. I guess the person with power of attorney over Michael gets to do that? I would say so, since he is mute. Yeah. That seems like a conflict, though. Like, the only surviving person is the last person he tried to murder. <laughs> that raises a good point, though. Think about it. Loomis is in charge of Michael. Loomis has stated every single opportunity he can that Michael <laughs> is not a man. Legally, oh, no! A, a fucking trained psychiatrist with his power of attorney has said that he is not legally a human being, so he is above the law now. I love the idea that there is a defense attorney for a comatose Michael Myers. 
who goes into court, stares down this man who is you. horribly disfigured by burns, and says, you said he's not a man. He doesn't have mens rea. He can't. He's like a shark. A shark doesn't manslaughter. A shark just eats. That's Michael Myers, baby. People of the, the jury, just can the you arrest evil? The concept <laughs> of evil? I like, like, I like how you pose that, and then you had to be like, wait, no, 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 let me fix that. Can you arrest evil? Everyone in there is like, yes, please, we would like to. And you're like, no, 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 the concept. And people are like, oh, that's a cosmic ideal of evil. Yeah, oh, fuck, we can't really put that behind bars. It wafts. Shit, he's right. I just like the idea of a, of a slick, like, city lawyer. Kevin Spacey in A Time to Kill. Just adjusting his eye and saying, Dr. Loomis, did you not say that you watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at the wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall. <laughs> why, 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 yes, I did. <laughs> did you not also say, Dr. Loomis, that Michael Myers was inhumanly patient, waiting for some secret silent alarm to trigger him off? I, I believe it. Mr. Loomis, <laughs> did you not refer to him in front of Sheriff Brackett as death? Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. The courtroom goes insane. <laughs> no. Then he just pulls out his gun and starts shooting at Michael. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. If we're if we're doing a time to kill, obviously the tagline for that poster, any Halloween should be a time to kill. But if we're actually doing like the law poster for that movie, a time to kill. It's always October thirty first. Just a, a calendar on the wall where every day is October 31st, the evil. <laughs> what an idea. No, Michael Myers is death incarnate. And really, isn't that a natural part of life, ladies and gentlemen of the jury? Your great-grandmother died, but that was a blessing, because she had many illnesses. <laughs> I don't see why this is any different. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, are we here to put the boogeyman on trial? I think not. This poor coma boy. Really? <laughs> Michael's just there in a fucking hospital bed covered in bent. <laughs> I, I like the idea of a fucking lawyer bringing out, like, statistics of uh, how many kids in Ghana die or something every year. <laughs> it's like, just, just, Michael is a natural part of this world. You can't arrest a tornado now, can you? Awesome. I, like, I really want this movie to have Daniel Craig doing the third part in his wacky Southern voice trilogy. <laughs> That's what I want. They've all been great so far. So this movie be great. Everyone loves lucky Logan fucking knives out is amazing. I think just by casting Daniel Craig doing a fun Southern accent, you got a good movie. It doesn't somehow he just makes the script better. The script could be good. He'll find a way to improve. I like the idea of Daniel Craig with a Southern accent, defending various slashers and monsters. Who we got next here? Who we got? Uh, ooh, uh, I don't know what that thing is, but I'm sure he's innocent. He's got a mama. I got a mama. Does that make me a bad man? I don't think so. Neither does my mother. Oh, I thought you were going to go with literally the thing. <laughs> Southern <laughs> Daniel Craig in court defending the thing. Now, this year, amorphous blob just wants to go home. He's been kidnapped. He's been imprisoned. By these so-called scientists trying to tell us about global warming and aliens. I don't know. It doesn't seem very Christian to me. All the thing did was exist, honestly. <laughs> like, the thing is innocent. If it's you ignore the assimilation murders, it's an innocent creature, which is what I do. And technically, because the thing started off as a dog, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Put, put a dog in the chair? It's the Michael Myers defense. If it's not human, it cannot be put on death row. Speaking of not humans, hold for applause. In the movie Hardware, this is where I talk <laughs> about hardware, because I really wanted to talk about hardware. As, As we, we all do. I saw it recently, and it's been on my mind. Uh, really, if you're not familiar with that movie, folks, you should go check it out. It's not that hard to find on DVD anymore. It's, it's around. Richard Stanley's coming back, baby. The whole plot focuses on a, a kind of apocalyptic future where there is still a government. There's still the United States trying to rule over people. But, you know, it's kind of been turned, the world's been turned to a wasteland. And a scavenger finds a robot in the desert, brings it back, 
Another guy picks it up, decides to give it to his girlfriend as a gift. Like, this terrible, evil-looking robot. Like, he should know better, right? Gives it to her as part of a sculpture thing. Because she's a sculptor, and she's going to make art. Not a surprising turn of events here. The robot comes back online, turns out to be actually like a government-made assassin robot, and it kills several people inside an apartment complex before being disabled and destroyed. Uh, let's, let's back up here, though. One, the scavenger took the hardware from an actual government lot. Like, there's a big sign saying, like, hey, fuck, this is, like, no trespassing area. Go back. That guy stole equipment from the U.S. military. Two, the hardware, I think this is important to note, is named Mark 13. If you go into the Bible like the film does, the associated passage mentions no flesh shall be spared. And there, there's all these news bits about the government offering sterilization programs to try and drive down basically the birth rate because everyone's being born. It's like nuke, just radiated monsters. So it seems pretty likely that the Mark 13 is made to basically euthanize a large portion of the population. So, one, we have people stealing government property. Two, we have people resisting a government program. And then three, this is the most important part in my mind, when the hardware goes on its killing spree, it's inside of the victim's apartment. A bunch of people with guns come into the... Oh, spoilers, by the way, for hardware. I know I just told you to watch it. A bunch of people with guns come into the apartment and shoot down the hardware. God, I love saying the hardware is a villain name. I just, I just It's love it so cool. Yeah, it's the nice. hardware. Like, that's a cool like wrestler name. Fuck, here comes the hardware. I love it. Anyways, these people shoot down the hardware. But the, the hardware comes back to life, knocks Jill out of the apartment. She lands through the glass in another apartment. These people, like, think the hardware is dead, and they, they, like, see this happening. The robot come back to life, knock Jill out of the apartment. They go back in and fight the robot. They're all killed. Jill comes back into the apartment to fight the hardware. Now, the important thing here is, uh, I, I believe the movie implies that it's set in the wreckage and wasteland of an old New York. New York is not a stand-your-ground state. Not like Florida. Florida is like, fuck. I love that this is where you're going with this. This is what you're going with? In Florida, it's stand-your-own-ground. If, if there's, like, someone on your land and they're a threat, kill them. In New York, it is a different deal. Now, let's, let's assume this is taking place in a version of New York with laws that aren't drastically different, in principle, to the New York of the year 2020. New York is a duty-to-retreat state, meaning that unlike Florida and other stand-your-ground states, in New York, you're not legally free to use lethal force in the name of self-defense when it is possible to retreat to a place of safety. So when the hardware knocks uh, Jill out of her apartment into a place of safety and she comes back into the apartment to fight the hardware and kill the hardware, no bueno. She was in a place, she had retreated to the place of safety. Her responsibility at that point is to call authorities and have them deal with the situation instead of putting her life back in the line where she is going to be an untrained person who could potentially and does kill the hardware. <laughs> I feel like at that point, you're essentially fucking with an unexploded drone. Yeah. A drone that can think. Like, like, yeah, it's just like somebody left a landmine at your house. And you fucked with it and got everybody killed. Right. Yeah, you fucked up. You're going to jail. Let's, let's think of it this way. Um, imagine this. Jamie, you have stolen a tank from Fort McClellan. Awesome. Good work. You have driven it out of the fort. And you just, you just took it all the way over to Mike. And you're like, look at the sweet tank I found. And Mike's like, that looks like a sweet tank. I will buy this tank from you. I love the universe where we're having this exchange. Sweet <laughs> yeah. tank, Jamie. I know. It's pretty cool, but I don't have a lot of garage space for a tank. Would you like to buy the tank for a discount? And Mike goes, of course I would like a tank. So Mike buys the tank, even though it's stolen government goods. I'm not Mike aware of that fact. Doesn't matter. It has not been you disclosed to me. The black market. Doesn't matter. You can't own it. If the government comes calling, you have to give it back. Uh, Mike then accidentally steamrolls over a nursery with the tank. He doesn't know how to drive it, and he just murders a lot of babies. All right, uh, no, no harm, no foul. Now, the way I wrote my script, you actually are concerned about the murder of babies, but I realize in retrospect this was a dumb choice. Um, <laughs> Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind time here, retcon this. Mike accidentally runs over... Uh, uh, babies. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, what, a, what a puppy we and fireworks factory. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's where they make the last remaining puppies. <laughs> he runs that over, and he and there goes the last remaining puppies. Mike is so distraught by this, he attempts to destroy the tank by driving into a hole in the ground and and then attacking it with a crowbar to fuck up the treads. When the military finds the <laughs> tank that Mike has I've fallen down. From a stolen deal and tried to ruin it, what do you think's going to happen? The military's not going to let that slide. Someone's got to pay. Insurance isn't going to cover it, that's for sure. So in in civil court, Mike is going to have to pay for those damages. The military's taking the hardware back. The tank's going back to the military. I'm pretty sure you fuck with the hardware and the government's going to fuck you in a court of law is, is the point of hardware, really, is what we're getting. It's not the religious overtones of the film. It's it's really that. The federal See, government it does not like it when you steal their shit that's behind signs that says do not steal. No, but here's the thing though, like we're getting into here's what a defense attorney here's what Daniel Craig would latch on to. Uh post apocalyptic <laughs> Daniel Craig in this instance. Um <laughs> We're getting into legal ship of Theseus. The nomad found the robot. So we explain it. the ship of Theseus in every episode of the show. We, we seem to bring it up a lot for some reason. Um, the Nomad sold it to the midget. The midget then sold it to Mo without telling him where the robot came from. The, even the midget doesn't know where the robot came from. Mo he finds out, though. Then gives the robot head to Jill, giving, him, giving her no information on where he got it, not even that he bought it anywhere. Then activates and attacks. No one's aware that it came from a government property. No one is aware, except the midget, that it's government property, that it's a government robot, that it was stolen from government property. They had to know, though. Mike, in my scenario, if someone handed you a tank, you wouldn't go, oh, a tank was just on the market. That's fun. You would probably go, why did the military get rid of a tank? This I is fucked. I, I, Cody, what? I don't know what connections Jamie has. She hey, could you could be... do amazing things with 3D printers these days. Exactly. No. And for all I know, she's buying shit from Russia. Um, this is not a Russian tank, and you from know J the difference. Uh, are you saying Russian tanks are Russian, if you know what I mean? She, she could have bought it from Saudi Arabia. And you know who, who has who has American I'm tanks? Sorry, Saudi Arabia. Up, are you making a pun about the fact that tanks are moving fast is rushing, like Russia? No, that's that, you. That you make bad puns. I don't do that. Okay. For a second, I thought you made a really bad pun, and I was about to cancel the show because I was mad. That's mad, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> that tank's rushing along the defense line. <laughs> what I'm saying is I think Daniel Craig would be able to get Jill off the hook based on this argument. And I think they would set up into a forever manhunt for the Nomad, that faceless scavenger out in the... This is how Forever Wars start, by the way. <laughs> I Okay, according to Find Law which you have to trust because it's the first thing that came up on Google when I searched this. If you unknowingly buy stolen goods, you are unlikely to be charged with a crime. Boom. You will probably have to return them to the rightful owner. The thief, or thieves, will then owe you the purchase price in restitution when you take them to court to reclaim your losses. And because of the lives lost, the person who would be charged probably with manslaughter or maybe murder too, honestly, um, would be the nomad. The nomad should go to jail. And in the end, he just goes right back in the desert. Yeah. I feel like, well, most of the people that should have gone to jail died in this movie, so it works out. But the nomad really is the person that should... He's... Look, the hardware isn't the bad guy here. The hardware is doing its job. Military yeah. program do a thing, and it did the thing. And then we're mad about that? I don't know. This is like when gun owners are like, well, guns don't kill people. It's, it's you know, people that do it. The hardware doesn't kill people. It's programmers. Which yeah, is why we should kill all software developers, myself included, immediately. I, I mean, agree. If we're talking about personal responsibility for the hardware. I mean, it's just doing its job. Exactly. It's just a heat seeker. Yep. Nope. Uh, the hardware is is not guilty of anything. If if anything, I feel very sad for it when it dies. This is a King Kong moment where beauty kills the beast. Oh yeah, and it has such a great like tattoo and paint job. It's it's, it's a shame. People cared about that hardware. It was not hung Jill. like a horse. You saw that drill, Dick. <laughs> I was too distracted by the strobe lights. He's doing his, like, Jesus pose after it murders everyone. <laughs> you were really taken with the Jesus pose. Oh, boy, what a scene. So, really, that's what I got here. I just want us to all agree that that fucking nomad should go to jail forever for messing along <laughs> with government practices, stealing government goods. I, I tried to find out what, the like, the standard processing fee 
for stealing government goods is, and I don't know. Like, it changes depending on the goods, I guess. If you steal a government weapon, I assume that's got to be at least two felonies, maybe more. I mean, if we really want to get complicated with things, technically this is supposed to take place in the UK. This has an American cast, so... They, I, yeah, that's where I got confused. There's a radio broadcast where they say something about New York, and that's why I assumed all of my facts for New York. Factually, I could be very wrong. I've seen this movie, like, once. It's from... It, it takes place in Future City. <laughs> Future City. It would explain why there's randomly, like, one or two people with British accents. Uh, this is gonna flip your shit when you look this up, and it turns out it actually does take place in Florida. <laughs> it does cause a lot of problems for me in my case. <laughs> Florida, kill the, mar- kill the hardware. Do your job. The hardware can be walking off your land. Shoot him in the back. Yeah, I just say this is legitimately riveting. You're thinking about it now. You're like, oh man, what can I do in Alabama if someone invades my house and it's the strangers? <laughs> I have to use Mike's hardware defense. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you have that tank to defend yourself. I know. The only protection in a world got mad. Speaking of worlds and madness, uh, I-, I think so far we've talked about, like, we've talked around the elephant in the room. Is it Mad Max? Uh, I really didn't think it was going to be Mad Max. That's not really a horror thing. God, toe Cutter was right. Uh, <laughs> humongous was humongous. Argue. The rules of Barter Town were laid out clearly. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leave. It's in black and white. He was given the chance to take the gas and go. <laughs> And he chose not to. Mad Max does a lot of illegal things in the Mad Max universe. I think we can all agree he belongs behind bars. The face bars he was given in Fury Road were a permanent solution, and he took them off. But you, I guess you could make the argument 99% of horror movie slashers could get off on insanity. Insanity is hard to prove. You have to, to show that they don't have the idea of what they're doing is forbidden. Which I think you can get away with in cases like Jason is just a mindless killing machine. That's just, he's, he's a human mm, shark. No. Same with Michael Myers. I, I would argue Jason's not um, insane, though I think you would, due to his learning disability, uh, you would probably be able to, uh, to get him off. Uh, I do think like he... Anyone could get him off. <laughs> oh, 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 he doesn't have a penis. Um, oh. Piranhas ate it. Um... <laughs> I'm sure there's piranhas in Camp Crystal Lake. I'm sure there are. Tell me not. It's connected to the ocean, okay. apparently, so why not? I was going to say, I was going to fight you, Mike, and then I realized, like, oh, fuck, that thing is not just in New Jersey. It's actually connected to the ocean. This thing is apparently just a traveling lake. <laughs> the alligator from Alligator probably hangs out there during the summer. Well, that's the thing. So an alligator isn't insane. We can't charge it with anything because it doesn't have the intent of knowing, oh, this is something I shouldn't do. It doesn't what? understand what's doing is wrong. We're not putting nature on trial. <laughs> exactly, you Whoa. can't. Is Jason nature? Is he a force of nature? I've seen him walk through cornfields on fire, killing kids. I just uh, going back I, to the alligator thing, though. If if the if you put, could you put the people who helped mutate the alligator from alligator on trial for murder? Oh, I think homicide. you're obligated to by law. Yeah, there you go. Negligent homicide. They tampered fucking, in God's domain. Fucking well, justice for that, that movie terrifying, the, right? the people that made the alligator, the people that made uh, the humanoids from the deep. All, all, all jail. All should go to jail. Chuds. The Chuds as well. That's a hard case to that's prove, a fucking but the U.S. government should go to jail for Chuds. <laughs> I think that's the we only saw thing what they did to Bud. I think that's the only thing that's going to take down corporate America, them getting roped into all this slasher nonsense. Like we, if I mean, we can prove that big business is responsible for the horror genre. Look, I'm not defending corporate there. America. No. They should go to jail. But I think in all the cases I listed, it's actually the U.S. government that made these horrible aquatic monsters. Like Piranha, I'm pretty sure that that was the government. Uh, not the not the remake. Those are just escaped fish. But in like the original Piranha, they're they're like a government project. Uh, Humanoids from the deep. That's actually a corporation. You're right on that one. Um, I don't remember what the deal was with the alligator. The chuds, though. Those were those were. Like military dumping in hazardous ways. We got to clean house. It's got to be government and corporations. We're really anti-government here on this episode. Box office pulp recommends anarchy. I just thought we'd be talking about Frankenstein's. Frankenstein's. How many crimes is it if he murders a man because he's made of ten men? Do they all share the sentence equally, or does each one get a point? Well, technically, he's not alive. Well, no, no, no. The lightning brought him to life. Frankenstein's alive. He's not an I mean, undead. He's like made Dracula. up of dead tissue, though. 
the, but it's no, creator. but it's regenerate. Sure. The whole deal is he brings lot. life back to the dead bodies. But he doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. Well, he thinks dead is good, but just because he's an idiot doesn't mean he can't do bad. Jesus, Cody. Damn, His that's really offensive. What, to idiots? Idiots can murder just like anyone else. Now who's the real bigot? You. For not believing in idiots. Now, I just want to see a mental institution somewhere where the Frankenstein monster and Jason Voorhees are, like, sitting across from each other in white gowns, like, peacefully putting together a puzzle. That would be so cute. Which which Frankenstein are we talking about here? I think this makes a difference, because there's about 10,000 different versions of Frankenstein's monster. Okay, well, Van Helsing Frankenstein totally knows the difference between right and wrong. Right, that's what I'm getting at. Some of them clearly know they're doing evil. Um, Did Nero Frankenstein would just burn in hell. Yeah. Uh, Hammer Frankenstein, no, total, total, just, no, nothing. Yeah, that guy doesn't know what the deal. Um, Can't even speak. uh, Karloff Frankenstein? No, I don't think you could. Uh, I don't think you could charge Karloff Frankenstein with anything. All he did was tricky. throw that girl in the water when he was in an impaired state. No, no, no. It's not even impaired. That Frankenstein doesn't understand death. He doesn't know it's he's true. doing bad. Though, 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 at the end of Bride of Frankenstein, right? he goes up to the roof and he does throw a couple people off because they aren't doing a very good job. And at that point, he does know what he's doing. Bride of Frankenstein ends with him actually, like, philosophically taking a stance on good versus dead. Like, good, bad, dead, bad. I, actually, I fucked up those lines. Anyways, when he flips the switch, he, he has a statement about the, you know, morality of death and life. Dead belong dead. Uh, I think if he knows that much, if he can ace, like, a 101 philosophy course, he understands murder. Frankenstein from Frankenstein, innocent baby. Frankenstein from Bride of Frankenstein, burn in hell. Um, Ghost of Frankenstein? Questionable. He takes a step back in intelligence. He takes a huge step back. Like, by the time we get to Son of Frankenstein, he is full stupid. Yeah, well, and then he gets, like, Bella Lugosi's brain after a while, which is confusing, because Bella Lugosi was a man who clearly understood wrong and evil. But, but he's he dumber blind, somehow. So he and he, yeah. that he didn't know what he was doing. I thought I was hugging them. Yeah, like, Wolfman versus Frankenstein? That's clearly not a Frankenstein that can stand trial for murder. Oh, and then... Uh, then you get into Dracula controlling Frankenstein to do evil. What are you going to do? Yeah. Put, put put Frankenstein on, on trial for the crimes of Dracula? Well, I think this is another That's Manson situation. Said, and I'm really Dracula's got to go to jail for what he he for Mansoning the monster. I want to see a lost horror, a lost hammer horror film, The Crimes of Dracula. How much do you think someone who actually went to law school? and listens to this podcast, is just weeping in a corner right now, like, that's not how law works! Oh, they've blown it. their brains out, like, we've broken a, right. a human being. Are, right are we culpable for that? Are we, are we on the line? I'd ask no, no, it's their own fault for having, be, having been well-read. Sure. That, that's, that's the downfall of knowledge, quite frankly, is the, the stupid among us drive us to, to suicide. Mike, that's a beautiful and sad statement. However, we've gotten away from my initial point, which is if if the Frankenstein from Bride of Frankenstein can stand trial, and he's made of 10 people, does he get 10 life sentences, or does he get, like, one life sentence spread in 10 parts? Well, no, because— Can he serve them at the okay. same time? Can he, if can he if serve, going... like, 10 life sentences together and only have to do one life? No, if we're going by he was dead and then reanimated, once you're reanimated, you become a new person. He's a series of parts that are sewn together to create a whole new person who is then reanimated, so he is one person. And to be fair, you can serve, like, 30 consecutive life sentences. Yeah, and— I'm wondering about him being served in parallel, though. Like, does each part get charged as a separate person? No, because, Cody, if if you are on the the legal team and you broach this fucking subject, you have given the defense clear motive to just, once again, a ship of Theseus, Frankenstein apart, put all new parts on him— Guess what? You can't charge him with uh, any of his murders because now he's a Mike. whole new person. Mike, you've done it. You've solved crime. We can do anything. <laughs> I've solved crime. I've it's been waiting the for this day. Murder, Mike. We can just Frankenstein. <laughs> this just feels like a Doctor Doom plot gone wrong. <laughs> it does. Um. Okay. Well, I. You know what? I think we, we've we've just the tipped it a couple with with references to him. The point of the night has come for the reason we've gathered, which is, Cody, I want you to come up with a solid 
solid defense of Dracula. Mike, as much I as I want you hate to exonerate theory. Dracula, I want Dracula to be walking down those steps of free Dracula. Dracula deserves to go free. Look, you've given me everything I need for this defense, as much as I hate to take it. Let's focus on the most pressing fact. One, let's actually back up and say that for the coup de gras. Uh, uh, one, Dracula owns his plot of land in Europe. I don't know European laws, but I know human rights. Those people were trespassers. They broke into his property to destroy his coffins, to stake him in the middle of the night as he slept peacefully, not disturbing anyone. Once again, that's, stand your ground, law. That sounds wrong. I don't know what Europe has. That sounds wrong to me. An immigrant Dracula. at that. Exactly. A bunch of xenophobics break into Dracula's hard-earned castle and murder him. Jamie, you mentioned it before. Diplomatic immunity. He represents Transylvania. He's a count. He's royalty. In some versions, he's Vlad Tepish, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, a lot of things can go wrong here. This is an assassination. You might even say... A government conspiracy. If I if I said that clearly without choking on my own words, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that one more time. <laughs> you might even say it's a government conspiracy. Can we, can we add like some old school like dun 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 and then someone, yeah like watermelon watermelon cantaloupe cantaloupe. Someone someone hitting like a big piece of foil to make the lightning noise like the thunder. I have no evidence of this, and I will not pursue this line of questioning. But I'm throwing it out there, anyways. Dracula. Clearly of noble blood, clearly a man of well-respected talent and regard, uh, fought off the Turks. I don't know history. I'm pretty sure that's what the real Vlad Tepish did. It was the Turks, right? Yes. Like he defended. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You admit it. Defended his home country valiantly. If he was an American, that's at least nine Purple Hearts and a couple of Medal of Valors. If you're looking at his character... Objection, Your Honor. Uh, Objection. I just want to say uh, Mr. Dracula gave up his rights as a human being in his previous life once he uh, brought the Lord of Darkness into his heart and became uh, a vampire, a Nosferatu, a Dracula, if you will. So I don't think we could be... I'm so glad you have brought this up, my friend, because the man, as you say, is no longer human. Heck, he's not even alive. He is a member of the undead. Can you charge the non-living with the crimes of the living? Most of the time, these things just get waved off. What's the point of bringing someone to trial that's dead? It's a horse and pony show. Pointless. Dracula is a free whatchamacallit. I don't say man because would you say man? And as a non-man, a vampire, is he subject to the laws of man? Doesn't seem right to me. Does that seem right to you? I lie awake at night. Every goddamn night, terrified that some Van Helsing or other is going to barge into my bedroom and put a stake through my heart for his own political reasons. Exactly. There's a lot of things wrong there. Dracula only comes into your house with permission. It's kind of his thing. That's not breaking and entering. That's consent. The one word, the one thing you have never heard in a Dracula movie is, Oh no, Dracula, get out of my house. No, they are, those women are always over fucking joyed to have him come into their bedroom and bite them gingerly. Per, per rules, Dracula has to ask permission first. He really does. Also, if we're, if we're thinking here, let's go back to the character of Dracula. He is a job creator. Have you ever met a Dracula without a familiar? <laughs> How many Renfields are out there in operation thanks to Dracula making jobs? Keeping them out of the institutions? Objection, Your Honor. Um, uh, Mr. Dracul's um, public opinion is not on trial here. Uh, His crimes against one Lucy Westerna is. Uh, His uh, philanthropic work um, has no bearing on this case. Lucy? Well, uh, you may be right about his character not mattering to... This trial trying to determine if he's a bloodthirsty monster. Doesn't matter, I guess, if he's, you know, a good man of healthy... I shouldn't say man, a good creature of healthy standing amongst the community, making jobs, doing his best for the people around him. I I, I consent that point. But Lucy, well, let's let's look up... Hold on, Mama. Smartphone. I'm not... I had no discovery phase, so I didn't have time to look up quotes from Lucy from Dracula. But I'm pretty sure she probably said a few things that were like, yeah, Dracula, kill me. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus yeah, fucking get it over with already. 
I feel like with Lucy, it, it would be the same thing as sleeping with someone and giving them an STD. Legally. Like, as long as he told her that he was infected with the curse of the vampire, like, legally, he's in the right. Uh, this, is, this is a quote from one Lucy uh, Westerner. I am longing to be with you and by the sea where we can talk together freely and build our castles in the air. This is public record. It was in her diary because, folks, come on, follow with me. Dracula is like an epistolary novel where it's all like, you know, letters back and forth and journal entries. That's, that's kind of the joke. Objection, it's Your Honor. Book, the right? fact that Dracula is a fictional character, a book published in the <laughs> 1800s uh, written by one Bram Stoker has no bearing on this case. What Dracula are you talking about? Actually, we should have settled this point beforehand. I think it's important to agree that the source Dracula should be the one I'm defending and not, like, fucking Dracula 2000. <laughs> no, we Dracula 2000 Dracula. can rot in jail for the rest of his goddamn life. No, we're we going source here. We're that. going back. Okay. So it covers most Dracula at that point. Yeah. Overruled. Thank you. I'm judge for a moment, and now I'm back to being a terrible fucking <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> oh, Judge Clayface. <laughs> but again. Lucy, Lucy even says, I'm longing to be with you by the sea where we can talk together freely and build our castles in the air. Castles in the air? That sounds like heaven talk to me. Things people that are dead say. You know what? Sounds like permission to die. She's talking to a vampire who can fly like a bat. And she says she wants to be with him. Well, she can't do that as a living person. That's invitation to transform. She is asking for it. I really don't like the turn I've taken in this character, but it's a character. <laughs> I want to remind everyone listening that I don't share opinions or thoughts to with Daniel Craig, southern small time Transylvanian lawyer in this sketch. I'm so happy right now. I really hope you run for political office at some point, and this we gets taken out of context. I'll just say, no, that's not a real video clip. That's like a really bad deep fake. I don't even sound that ridiculous. With I have a different stupid accent. I'm a Midwesterner, not a Southerner. Cody Alp says he's against Dracula, but let's look at the tapes. And then we just play my clip of me saying terrible things on accident. <laughs> okay, I, th I do think you make a good good point. Uh, you, you, I don't think you can charge Dracula for, for Lucy's murder, but what of the crew of the Demeter? International Waters. Ooh. Plus, he was not on the manifest. Fucking prove he was on that ship. Thank you, Jamie. That's true. I mean, the only proof that he was even uh, anything living was on there was a wolf. And as well, we we've, proved, we've gone over this, wolves can't be tried. Control. Wolves, wolves are innocents by nature. They 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 kill what they kill. They do what they do. That's true, Cody. I'm just really happy that you're able to um, let Dracula walk. Get 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 Dracula to be a free vampire. To win. You're right. And as Dracula walks out the court steps, they open the doors of the courtroom, and it's fucking noon because they don't have court at night. Dracula no! dies in the sun. Oh, assassin! Legal counsel Van Helsing rests, motherfucker! <laughs> I just like the idea of like Peter Cushing as Van Helsing just running across the courtroom and yanking the shades. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrestled to the ground. No, no! The light of the law will shine through! Chaos today at the trial of Count Dracula. Though I would have loved if the prosecution completely pivoted and Dracula was actually arrested for, for uh, polygamy. <laughs> Wait, he does have That's legal in Transylvania, right? I don't know. <laughs> Google. I have questions about... Oh my god, so he has to go back to Transylvania, he's a wanted man. As soon as he steps foot back into Europe, into uh, into the United Kingdom, he's arrested. I think it's fitting that uh, Dracula is the Roman Polanski of monsters. <laughs> um, Alright, that's a shame. I, I searched marriage law Transylvania polygamy, and Google didn't know what to do with that. So I'm sure it didn't. The, the you, first I think thing you may have just was... broken Google. I think you may have just, like, this is how you break a robot. Well, I mean, it, it kind of did its work. Like, the, the first article is the legality, legality of polygamy from Wikipedia, but it doesn't have anything about Transylvania. 
but it, it mentions shit like Hong Kong and Japan. Uh, there's another article right below it about polygamy in South of Africa. Look up Romania. Roma oh, that probably makes more sense. <laughs> we had a really good ending with, with me dramatically killing my clients, and now I have to Google search. <laughs> so it's I mean, you, Yeah, we, we have lots Romania, of good endings this, okay, that we then don't this, use. Okay. There's legality of polygamy from Wikipedia. Once again, first response. Romania. Bigamy, defined as marriage conducted by a person which is already married, is punishable by up to two years in prison or fine. Knowingly marrying a person, uh, a married person, is punishable by up to one year in prison or by fine. So Romania slash Transylvania, it's a no-go. So that's why the well, villagers I... were so terrified of Dracula. Well, okay, hold on. Yeah, they probably didn't fit into their norms anyways, <laughs> but... Track had multiple wives theoretically from before that was a law because he was from Transylvania before it transferred into Romania. The fact we can't find law staying. No, 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 no. He kept taking more wives in modern That's times. true. He broke the law then, but the original wives. You don't know how old they? those wives were. Well, neither do you. Well, neither does the law then. Exactly. So we can't prove it's a wrong thing. You have to assume it's legal if you can't prove it. <laughs> I don't think that's how the That's not the how law the law works, works, Cody. That's not how the law works at all. At that point, he it's would have to legally proven guilty. That's like the main thing would of the law. Have to get the marriages annulled. What? No, I think they're grandfathered in. No, that's I'm, no. They're not grandfathered in. He'd have to get them annulled. And technically, due to vampirism, to get them annulled, he'd have to kill them. At which point he would then be guilty of murder. So either way, he's going fucking down like Capone. So Mike, are you Dracula suggesting that in this case Dracula would always lose? Fucking hate you. Fucking hate you. Folks, this is Box Office Pulp. We're idiots. Thank you for listening. If you want more of this show, <laughs> you can find us at Box Office Pulp on Twitter. We have our own website, www.boxofficepulp. We're around on Stitcher, iTunes. Just look at Box Office Pulp. Mike, uh, what do you got to what do you got to promote? I'll, I'll give you that. Even though I have schooled you in the court of law, monster law. <laughs> Fuck you, Dracula's a criminal. Uh, visit horrormovieshub.com <laughs> to read some shit. I'll, I'll actually, probably by the time this is posted, there will be, ironically, a very long article on hardware up. And I assume Yay. the legality of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have to make so many amendments to it now. Mike's going to have to go back and research where the fuck this takes place. Richard Stanley, if you're listening to this, could you tell and us you what are. state hardware took place in? Was it an American state? Was it European? I am desperate to know because I look like a big old dummy if I'm wrong. Was it in the Judge Dredd universe? Can you legally say that? No, he can't. Please don't get Richard Stanley sued. He's just getting back in the swing of things, and I really want to see the Dunwich Horror. Same. He's a good guy. Also, um, look up Final Girl Productions on YouTube. It's the official YouTube channel for Horror Movies Hub. Um, and watch an episode of Rachel Rock's Horror, in which um, adult film star Rachel Rocks watches some horror movies. With friend of the show, Carter Lee, in just the best horror t-shirts. Like, I, I, Carter is becoming a style icon for me. Jamie's wearing nine shirts right now that he's ordered from the internet. Carter's also giving Cody a run for his money when it comes to mugs. Well, I see what the next court case is. And by court case, I mean knife fight. Cody v. Mugs. <laughs> no, I've left the mug. out that fucking MODOK mug for trying to kill him. <laughs> the MODOK mug was innocent. Man is the monster, not the mugs. <laughs> and speaking of YouTube, I have a little announcement to make. Uh, as of this month, I have a YouTube show. Tell me more. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, it is called Comic Macabre with Marlena Morlock. And on the show, I, much like on Box Office Pull, much like we did tonight, <laughs> discuss very weird, obscure, and hopefully fascinating uh, bits of obscure trivia, obscure artifacts from the worlds of comic books and horror, and where the two intermingle. Oh god, they're coming after me. I was about to say, that was so well timed. Like, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, so far I have uh, one episode on the channel with one coming next month. Uh, script's already in production, and I'm going to be shooting for a monthly schedule on that. And I've got a lot of really fun stuff planned. Jamie, are you going to tell us if Morbius the Living Vampire deserves to go to jail?
Jamie, can you tell me right now if Morbius the Living Vampire deserves to go to jail? Yes, he deserves to die, and I hope he burns in hell! I will say, uh, keeping with the legal theme, episode one is about the time Aunt May tried to murder Spider-Man. Episode two, currently in production, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it does contain Dracula. <gasps> it's the time Blade went to jail. No, we're not talking about Wesley Snipes in the 2000s. The time Blade actually went to jail. The time Blade battled Morbius. Oh, we don't talk about that. The time Blade battled the IRS and lost. Can I just quickly make an amendment to our uh, fucking Blade episode and say we just discovered last night that uh, there is an alternate ending to the first Blade movie in which Morbius appears. And you can actually watch this online and it blew our fucking heads and I'm mad that we was, didn't get to bring that up. That was actually filmed? Yep. yep. It's Stephen Norrington as Mor Morbius too, just with long hair, a pale face, and a trench coat. What? Like, it's just the ending of the original movie, but Blade looks over his shoulder, sees Morbius watching him on a rooftop, and goes, Damn. Crap. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. I'm very mad that wasn't the real ending. Folks, speaking of endings, this show will never end. You can escape now because we're going to pretend to stop recording. Please go. Uh, that, that's another way of saying, that's a wrap. Get the hell out of here. Can those just get more and more cold and insulting as the show goes along. Oh, that fucks up his pulp. Evacuate. <laughs> leave. I no longer desire to look upon you. Fly, you fools. Just leave. <laughs> I hate you, box office pulp. Get out of here. I don't want you no more. Stupid old podcast. Van Dracula 2020. And like that, he's gone. This podcast is a little bit like Old Geller and should be put down. No, the night definitely proved that. This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show. <laughs>